Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. We are several weeks into a study on the church and what relates to the church and God's instructions regarding that. And today... Um, We are going to be looking at the biblical role of a pastor. What does God's Word say about this? What is the biblical role? Um, You know, you mentioned pastor, and there can come a lot of things to a person's mind. Um, Anything from a person that can't do anything in life to a person that works one day a week to um, a person that um, gets up and hollers and stomps, to a person that, um, who knows, what else there could be. I've heard them all, okay, so nothing surprises me. And um, in that regard, um, this is something that, that to look at, what does God's Word say about... Uh, if you please, leadership in a local church. We'll be amazed at um, all that God has. Um, And in 1 Peter chapter 5, there's some specific instructions that he gives. Verse 1, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear... You shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you are far beyond our human comprehension in every area. And Lord, we thank you that you have given us your word. You've given us instruction in your word for every area of life that is necessary. That you've given us your mind. And Lord... We thank you for your designs that are manifested throughout nature, uh, throughout um, your structures that you've raised up in, in human families, in government, and even in church. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand your design and then to cooperate with your designs for your glory. Uh, Lord, I pray that you truly would be the one ministering in our lives today. We pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. We believe that the Bible declares that there are two offices um, that he gives specific instruction to in the local church. 
um, pastor and deacons. And some of you are already saying, wait, 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 what a, wait a minute. We just read here that it says the elders which are among you. Okay, we'll say there's pastors and deacons and elders. And some more astute people might say, wait, 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 wait. There's another passage that mentions bishops. What about bishops? Okay, pastors and deacons and elders and bishops. Wait, 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 wait. There's somebody, something else that's mentioned here. Well, today um, we want you to know that um, in understanding pastors and deacons, there are many other terms that God uses but we want to try to explain from, from Scripture that God uses a number of different terms to describe various aspects of the work of the ministry that he designed for pastors and deacons. And Lord willing, today we'll be looking at, at both of those roles. But the word pastor itself is a word that uh, means shepherd. It is, um, it is uh, the characteristics of a shepherd. It is um, dealing with the, the ministry of the shepherd. The chief shepherd, as we read here in, in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4, the chief shepherd, of course, is the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. And the word that is used, um, the, the same Greek word, is used to translate shepherd or pastor throughout the the New Testament. And with it, it carries many ministries under the umbrella of this. And we want to look at various words that are used. And um, for the sake of time, um, we'll look at the words... And, and hopefully the scriptures are up there that you can jot them down. We're not going to be able to have time to go look at all the scriptures, but you'll be able to jot those down and go look at them. If you turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, I mean 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 Timothy chapter 3, this is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Now, it goes in and it shares about some of the qualifications of a bishop. Um, this is one of the first terms that is used to describe some of the ministries of a pastor as a shepherd. The word bishop literally means to see over your shoulder to watch in order to encourage, correct, to counsel. It is to be, it is an overseer, an administrator, an, an, um, a manager, like a foreman of a construction crew, concerned in this sense, concerned with how each individual is fulfilling God's purposes. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your soul as they that must give an account and that they may do it with joy. Now, 
this aspect is, is one literally watching over <clears throat> the overseer, as we mentioned, and literally concern for the souls. And one of the main functions of this is to provide protection. Um, a shepherd provides protection for his sheep. Sheep are defenseless beings. And um, a shepherd watches over, takes the oversight, 1 Peter chapter 5, not by constraint. It's not something that is forced. Um, they do it willingly, and uh, they, they do it for no ulterior motives, 1 Peter chapter 5 says. So this is an aspect of a bishop. This is uh, descriptive of some of the roles uh, that a pastor has to do, and part of the function is protecting. Then, as we read in 1 Peter chapter 5, another word that is used throughout the Scriptures is the word elder. We find it in, in Titus chapter 1 and verse 5 and, and numerous other verses. And it literally means a mature one with the idea of... Um, a presiding officer over an assembly refers to maturity with which he can give advice. It involves a spiritual leadership. It involves um, one of the qualifications that he lays down in 1 Timothy 3 is not a novice. In other words, not a rookie. There's, there's some maturity here. And uh, there needs to be a maturity here because it involves leadership. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1, Follow me as I follow Christ. And that involves the leadership. Leading by example, leading by um, the instruction that is giving, given, and they appointed the elders in, in every city, in every, um, we read in Scripture, um, over these assemblies to provide leadership. So their function is leading. Then we read in um, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 11, and we read in 2 Timothy chapter um, 4 and verse 2, Paul said that I have been um, appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. And the word that is used here and that he told to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 is the word preacher, meaning one who heralds forth the truth, proclaiming the truth. He told Timothy, preach the word, declare the truth. It isn't just one that um, has an option that I can get up and declare whatever I want. He said, you must preach the truth, preach the word of God. So it involves being able to communicate. It involves um, clearly proclaiming. It involves knowing the Word of God to clearly proclaim it and to herald forth the truth as a preacher. In Ephesians chapter 4, if you'd turn there, 
we find another instruction that is given to the local church. And again, we remind you, the epistles, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, all of those were written to local churches, were written to local assemblies. 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus were written to young men leading local assemblies and, and giving instructions. And, and throughout the New Testament, they were, they were dealing with the local churches. And in Ephesians chapter 4, he mentions in verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Um, We don't have time to go in to deal with. Um, The apostles were the ones that saw Jesus. Paul was an apostle out of due season, but he saw Jesus. But needless to say, when all of those that saw Jesus died, there were no longer apostles, all right? Um, there were ministries that God raised up that ceased at various times. But he said, I will build my church. And he gave some, and he mentions these gifts that he gave. Some of them have ceased, but others go on. And he said, pastors and teachers. Sometimes that's put together as a pastor teacher. Uh, Some differentiate regardless Part of the ministry of a pastor involves teaching. It um, involves the aspect of teaching them to observe whatsoever God has commanded us. And the goal of the teaching is not to get people that are dependent on a pastor to be taught, but to teach them so that they can go and teach others also. It's building them up for the work of the ministry. The job of a pastor that involves the protecting and leading and the function that I didn't mention of the preacher is to be feeding them, feed the flock of God. A shepherd protects the sheep. A shepherd leads the sheep. A shepherd feeds the sheep. And and it is important that those are understood as part of the ministry. But as it comes and relates to the local church, a shepherd teaches them, equips for the work of the ministry. See, the work of this ministry, this local assembly, is not just at this moment Pastor St. Lawrence. The work that God designed of this ministry is the work of the people in this church ministering one to another. You know, um, ideally in a church, it's not, oh, so-and-so sick, so pastor should go visit them. So-and-so sick, so somebody should go visit them. You understand? Um this is just one example. For example, 
we, we believe that we are all priests of God. So my prayers don't, don't go to the head of the line over any other believer's prayers. No believer has an inside road to the throne of God. Okay? So for someone to go pray for someone else, there's no special point. Oh, that's pastor praying. God doesn't say, oh, pastor's praying. We are all saints of God and have access to the Father, and every one of us go to the Father. And we are called to be ministers. And a job of the teacher, the pastor teacher, is to equip people in how to minister in, in the aspect of the truth of God, the encouragement, the power of God, and so on, so that we can all do the work of the ministry. If the work of the ministry comes down to one person or a handful of people, it is in desperate need. And in many, many churches today, it is in desperate need because of that. So a job is to be a teacher, and the function is to be equipping them. Then, number five, there is also reference to them, and Paul uses it often, a minister of God. Meaning, in this sense, serving others and meeting the needs of others in humility. It's a servant leadership. And the function of this is serving. So it's, it's, not just, it's not just preaching. It's not just teaching. It's getting in and serving. Now, it's not these are the paid people of the church, so they ought to do that serving as one of the body who has a different function. I need to be serving, just like anybody else in the body should be serving. And the goal of all of this that God designed in the aspect of leadership in a church body is that, in Ephesians chapter 4, that every man may be presented mature in Christ for the work of the ministry. For the multiplying, Second Timothy chapter 2, Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, The things which you have heard and received of me, the same, okay, Paul, missionary, pastor, mentor to Timothy, is writing to Timothy and he's saying, The things that you have heard and received of me, the same commit to faithful men who are able to teach others also. That was, the, that was the ministry that, that Paul was passing on. And in it, it involved the reality of um, the work of the ministry. If, if I could have um, five, five young men come up here. Sean, you want to help me? That's all right. That's all right. Five young men. Five young men. And young is in the matter of the mind, all right? Just get up here. I don't care. Joe, are you young today? Come on up here, all right? 
We got one, two, three, four. We need one more. One more. Who will come up here? All right, here we go. All right. Now we're we're illustrating here. Um, we've used five different terms here this morning. All right. The first term is the bishop. And the function of the bishop is to what? Protect. Okay? This is all under the shepherd. Shepherd and pastor are synonymous. Okay? So the shepherd is there to protect the flock. All right? So um, there you go. Good job. All right? Now, we could, sp- we could do a whole series on what, what protection there needs to be. Do you understand this series on the church is part of the protection that is being provided? Because there's a lot of false teachings about the church. A lot of strange ideas that the church is somewhere I come and sit Hear something, go home and decide, was that good or bad or I don't like it, I don't know, yeah, it was pretty good. No, we're trying to protect us in this regard. Then, the second term that we use, wow, that worked out well, didn't it? (laughs) Didn't even plan it that way, all right? (laughs) Is that he is the elder, and it mentioned mature in the aspect. And the function of the elder is to lead. Okay? So, again, this is all part of the shepherd in understanding that. Then we come to the preacher. And uh, it's not just bellowing out truth. It is there to feed the sheep so that, that they're, they are able. Why do we, why do we eat? Well, in America, we eat for a lot of different reasons, okay? But God designed food to help us grow, to help us maintain life, and, and there needs to be feeding so that uh, there can be um, growth, so there can be maturity. And then there comes teaching to equip us, all right? Um, there needs to be teaching. There needs to be equipping so that they know the truth and are able to go represent the truth because the work of evangelism is the work of all believers and they need to know the truth. They need to know how to defend the truth. They need to be equipped. Yes, I know. You know, wasn't it a blessing to see how Sean is equipped? with why he knows he's a Christian, and he could quote those verses today, he's equipped to share the gospel. And, and then they are to minister, meaning to serve. Whoever comes into their path, that they are to serve. Now, all of this is involved in being a pastor. Now, let me tell you something. All of this is many of the reasons why when I knew God called me to this, I still said, no, I'm going to go be a radio television announcer. And God said, okay, go for it. 
And I barely got started in it, and I was miserable, and I knew why I was miserable. Because for me, this is what God had called me to. Now, you know what? I cannot do it. There's no way I can do it. And I am not standing here saying, um, hey, I'm the leader around this place, and you better follow me. Absolutely not. But you know what? There's things that I have to lead in. There's things that I have to teach that I know it's not going to go over very good. But you know what? It's because I have to preach the Word of God, preach the Word. doesn't matter if I, I'm not equipping if I don't teach truth. And the goal of all of this is to equip the believers. The goal is not to gather a large group of people. If, if the end result was to gather many people, I could do that. I'd have an outdoor grapple on the gridiron next Saturday, all right? Some of you get it and some of you don't, all right? Or we could, it's endless possibilities to that. But this is all under the aspect, and all of these give some aspect of the work of the ministry as a pastor, teacher, bishop, elder, Preacher, teacher, minister. Thank you. You can set the things down there. Thank you. I appreciate your help in that regard. Now, let me just come and make some application here. Number one, we have to ask today, am I, I don't mean I as a child of God or as a pastor, I mean we're asking ourselves this. First of all, am I a child of God? If the answer to that is yes, you don't need to pray about it. God wants you to be involved in a local church. And if you are not involved in a local church, um, you may know a lot of things and you may be involved in a lot of things, but there's, there's an area of disobedience that is there. I said I'll say things that I know people won't like, all right? But that's the truth. The next question is, if I am a child of God, and that is most important, and and my heart was thrilled in hearing Sean um, quote those Romans Road verses. You know, I love the gospel, the simplicity of the gospel, but the depth of the gospel. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I, my heart was blessed in Sunday school in, in just being with Sean. He said, I'm a big Christian. Man, that, that's exciting. We need big Christians. I, I love God, you know. Okay, then we ask the next question. Am I desirous of instruction, direction, correction, and ministry? I could preach a whole series on that, but... Um, we don't have the time. But the, the second question, am I desirous of instruction, direction, correction, and ministry? Not, not even ministered unto, but 
ministry, me serving. Am I desirous? The second question, and it will be coming up shortly, okay? Am I desirous of instruction? Do I desire instruction? You know what? There's nothing better than than when you're coaching a team to have a kid on the team that wants to be instructed, that wants to learn, and when they're instructed, they actually do something about it. And they actually change. And when they're corrected, they don't pout. They welcome correction. Spiritually speaking, this is the only team that matters. The Hawkeyes don't matter. The Cyclones don't matter. Nobody matters. You know, I resisted God's call into this work, but I am so thankful now because I'm in a work that's eternal. I mean, not minimizing things, but whoever built my house, someday my house is going to be flattened. You know, it's going to be gone. But this is an eternal work, and you can be involved in an eternal work. But am I desirous of this? And then thirdly, am I under the care of a pastor? Just because you're in this church doesn't mean you're under the care of the pastor. Do I welcome instruction? Do I desire to, to grow? Do I desire to, to be a part of the ministry? And then number four, Do I pray regularly for the ministry of my pastor? I thank God for the many, many, many people that pray regularly for me. And I know, I know many of you do. And I want to encourage you, pray now more than ever because I need it. Desperately need your prayers. But you know what? To be a part of the body that is functioning, your heart will be bound to it when you pray. And absolutely, I'll be the very first to admit, you have someone that is a long way from being even close to a perfect pastor. But you know what? You're stuck with me. I don't know what else you, you, to tell you. And, and by God's grace, I want to seek his face and be what God wants me to be. But this isn't, that's, I wish you could really know my heart. This isn't about me today. It's about you. I want you to know God's very best for your life. And to know God's very best for your life, you have to love what God loves. And God loves the church and gave himself for it. And you look at what God designed in a church, and it involves under the umbrella of the shepherd. It involves the protecting and leading and feeding and equipping and serving. So, you know, those questions that you need to ask, truly, am I a child of God? Am I truly desirous of instruction, direction, correction, and ministry? Am I under the care? Read, read Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Go back and read it on your own. Read Hebrews 13 and answer the question. Am I under the care of a pastor? And do I pray regularly for the ministry of my pastor? Heavenly Father, 
I pray that you truly would convey the heart of this to the, to the hearts of these dear people today. Lord, would you clearly make it plain that it is a, not about this human being, but Lord, help us to see your picture, help us to see your glory, help us to rejoice that you are the chief shepherd, and help us to work with and in your design. Lord, this may seem a long ways from some of the things we may be battling in our personal life or in our nation or in our world, but Lord, I believe fundamentally and foundationally that you said you would build your church. You didn't say you'd build your government. You said you would build your church. And Lord, I rejoice that you are over all governments. And I rejoice that you are at work in this day today in our lives as individuals. And I pray if there is an individual here today that could not, Answer, am I a child of God? I pray today, before they leave, that they would mention that to someone and we could share with them the same verses that Sean quoted this morning to help them know how to be a child of you. Lord, I pray for every believer here. I pray that in humility of spirit, we would embrace your ways that we would be functioning in the body. And Lord, that you would be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed. You're here today and you'd say, you know, you asked that question, am I a child of God? And you say, I don't know that I can answer that. If you were to ask...